peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast, bringing you a special edition show today. I'm sitting down with the famous Dr. Katie Pate, a.k.a. Kate Pate, just because we had to verify that. <laughs> um, but she's been on the show before. She has talked with us plenty of times. She's a really close member of the Softly community, as well as coming into the company here slowly and blending in. And I'm super excited about it, because if you've been tracking the Lunch and Learn series, the Conscious Warrior series, as well as the system, you've found that we're doing a lot of stuff in the behavioral health as well as like the, the neurological side of the, the, the compartment side of the brain and, and how we work with the tactical professional. And Kate has done massive amounts of work in the veteran community when it comes to mental health, PTSD or PTS, however you want to call that, TBI, as well as like really doing some introspective type searching for herself where she's been able to you know, share these experiences with others. And, you know, the thing that I I shared with her today was this idea of universal language and something we've done really good at is creating this universal language for the tactical professionals so that they can digest it, understand it, and then run with it. And you do a hell of a job of doing that. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, again, uh, again, our shows, you know how they are, very open free flow format. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the stuff you've done since our last time we've talked on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be here, um, especially in this particular space, this awesome <laughs> gym. We're in a gym right now, and it's kind of a badass location to be, be uh, recording this, i got to say. We did set up a nice little tiny uh, yeah. podcasting, so if we had a camera in front of us right now, you would see yeah. how we're set up. But <laughs> We both feel right at home in here. <laughs> correct. That's the truth. I mean, and I, we haven't talked much about it, but we're starting to move our headquarters, our HQ, out of the BRCC area, and Wells using the gym mm-hmm. and, and doing a lot more content. And as everyone knows, social media is evolving, and for us to stay relevant, we have to evolve with them. And I'm learning to become a graphic designer or a videographer and like doing different things and awesome. using using it in that way. So again, like you said, sitting inside the gym right now where it's nice and warm actually now, yeah. thanks to Ryan yes. uh, who got to help out with that. But other than that though, like I said, being able to sit here and have a podcast inside a gym is pretty rad. Yeah, So, um, <laughs> But yeah, that's kind of the idea that, you know, when we go ahead and move forward with with what we're doing with the company, mm-hmm. um, we're going to see a lot more Black Rifle Coffee Company. Yeah. And I'm super awesome. excited about it. Hell yeah. yeah. Right on. Well, yeah. So since the last time we recorded, man, it's been a few years. Um, I was working at a military medical, well, I was working in an uh, engineering firm doing military medical research at the time. We were doing a lot for combat casualty care and prolonged field care and writing grants, working and interfacing with the Army a lot. Um, and loved the work that I was doing. But since then, what I've, what I've found is that, you know, as I was doing more of that work, I got more and more involved in the military active duty side of things, especially within the special operations community, because a lot of the work that we did in the medical side of things was geared towards uh, smaller teams. And, um, you know, it wasn't really like conventional forces type, type medical treatment. Um, so we were trying to do some really highly innovative stuff. And um, we worked a lot with active duty side of things. But of course, you know, working in that space, you start to make friends with all the veterans. And, you know, my friend group grew to probably like 90 percent either mil mil vet, you know, community folks. And um, what I was seeing in that 
all the work that I was doing in the me medical side of things, I started to see this whole other side of, of that community, which is the mental health side. Yeah. And um, because I have a background in neurophysiology and I studied um, traumatic brain injury and spinal cord injury as a postdoc, I had a lot of friends from the community who were coming out to uh, like reaching out to me and asking like, hey, Kate, you know, I've I've been blown up. I've had, you know, head injuries, I've concussions, whatever the, the history is there. Um, and I'm I'm not doing OK. Like, I'm not sure what's going on, but I know that it's probably related to my head injury. And, you know, they're telling me that I have all these symptoms that look like post-traumatic stress disorder. And I don't think that's what it was because I don't feel traumatized. Yeah. But, you know, like all of these questions and people are just confused. Yeah. And but they weren't doing OK. And they were like, hey, I don't know what to do. Where do I even start? You know, the traditional channels are making people worse. I mean, we all have now sadly known countless people who have taken their own lives because of. Uh, how bad they've gotten once they either get out or sometimes while they're still in. But the traditional avenues of uh, of help are um, not always helpful or they make people worse. Yeah. And we had to do, you know, we have to do something. So I felt obligated. Like I did not have a, a huge background in mental health at the time, but I felt obligated to start doing my own research around this to see like, okay, well, I know how to read scientific literature. I can understand the brain, you know, complex details around all of this stuff. Let me see what I can figure out and then digest this into bite-sized pieces to disseminate to my friends. Yeah. So I ended up, this, this became almost like a second job at some point because it was just the need was so big yeah. and it, people were just constantly reaching out and so at the time I was kind of going through my own my own mental health struggles and you know I, I think that we've all had various types of, of struggles in life regardless of what your background is regardless of whether you've been you know traumatized by childhood or war or you know it doesn't doesn't have to look a certain way yep. you know everybody's experience is, is uh, relative and um, I was going through my own stuff, dealing with my own traumas and trying to figure out ways to cope. And I had no tools because, again, you know, we grow up in a society <laughs> that's like, don't talk about it and self-medicate. Yeah, know? no kidding. Like, that's the truth. It's the truth, right? So for me, it was, you know, my coping strategies for dealing with really difficult things it was alcohol is the easy number one, right? And then um, I had a really severe eating disorder. And both of those things certainly played into each other. But it was, you know, I mean, it was really abusive, self-abusive, but it was the only way that I could really cope. Or at the time when I was younger, when I developed those strategies, those were the only things that I knew how to do. And then at some point they become addictions. And yeah. even though you know better and you learn more and you have better tools, you're still stuck, you yep. know, and it's, it's challenging. It's a really hard place to be. So I was kind of going through that as I was like trying to move into the recovery phase, but still not quite there yet. I was noticing some similarities in like how I was approaching life and what I was dealing with and my own mental state. And then a lot of what my friends were going through too. And so I was sort of like, okay, well, maybe if I figure out how to heal myself, I can help them. Because a lot of them were also dealing with addiction yep. issues. Because, again, we're all trying to not be in pain, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the truth. That's <laughs> the trying to day. numb ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's it, right? So um, so I was like, okay, well, if I can figure out how to do this for me, I can use myself as a guinea pig, then I can, like, you know, pass on my experience to my friends in addition to, like, the evidence-based literature stuff. Yep. Um, so that just became my goal in life. It was like, I got to heal myself and I have to understand this literature and I have to share what I learn with all my friends. Yeah. And that turned into, um, I ended up crossing paths with plant medicines or psychedelics yeah. 
And that was unexpected. But be, being a neuroscientist, I was like, what do we know about this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tell me more about the brain and Wait a minute. Tell me more. Let me go sit down with this medicine <laughs> yeah. in a very dark place by myself. And I want to hear everything you want to tell me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was wild because I started diving into the research and I was like, holy shit, like you're telling me that I'm just hearing about all of this stuff for healing. And this was 2018. Yep. So in 2018, I'm like, I'm just hearing about all of this stuff for healing, but it's been, I mean, obviously so there was a ton of research done in the fifties and the sixties, not all of which was like rigorous ethical and or <laughs> ethical. Right. There's also been more recent research though, that I was completely unaware of. And I, I started to dig into the, the literature and I was blown away by how much we did know. I mean, there's still a ton we don't know, but how much we actually did know and how effective some of yeah. these substances were for helping people with alcohol abuse, with severe treatment resistant depression, with anxiety. I mean, so many different things that we thought were just like, oh, this is, you know, pills. You just yeah. get pills and talk therapy. Yeah. And so I just became fascinated by that. And I ended up uh, crossing paths with Heroic Hearts Project. Yep. And um, they asked me to come on and be their director of research, which I was like, absolutely, anything I can do to help push the research forward and get the word out, like count me in. And then through that journey, doing research with them, and we were primarily studying ayahuasca and the effects on veterans who were dealing with post-traumatic stress. Like that was their primary um, thing that they were dealing with, but a lot of guys and gals were also dealing with depression and other, other shit, stuff yeah. too. So we were sending them on retreats and down to Peru and Costa Rica and, and kind of looking at what the outcomes were. How were they doing afterwards? And it was mind-blowing to yeah. see the changes that people were going through. And we were doing some gut microbiome research. So we were looking nice. at how ayahuasca changes the gut microbiome and how maybe that plays into like the long-term changes. Correct. Um, so and through that, I got to I got to witness firsthand these incredible journeys and I got to have my own experience yeah. with it. And that was profoundly healing for me. Yeah. And I did write about that for Softly, and, and you guys yeah. did publish yeah, we did. Um, that experience, which was really cool that you were so supportive of that. Yeah. It's a it's an interesting topic when it comes talking about plant medicine and psychedelics as a whole, just because of the fact that I ran down that path um, 2020, mm -hmm. and it was because of the fact that I had nothing else but that to turn to. Right. And it wasn't that I was like not called to it and cause that's what they use, right? Hey, you're called to it or nothing like that. It was sure. just, I got placed, I guess, or I got put in the right place, the right time. Yeah. That really kind of solidified that. And one thing that I really have learned since diving into that world. And if you guys have been listening to the podcast for since 2017, when we started, you probably have noticed my communication, uh, has changed mm -hmm. the way I think, the way I can articulate my words, yep. how creative I've become. I've taken my hands from being these destructive um, tools and been very creative with them. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not going to say like it's all of the plant medicine, mm -hmm. but it, it has been because I've decided to take those steps down there. And again, yeah. it's a very, very scary place to go for a lot of people. Sure. And I'm not going to lie to you. It took me probably about three, four months before I was able to like go and be like, okay, I think I'm ready to go sit down with ayahuasca mm -hmm. because I was so scared of the repercussions of right. what and grandmother was going to do to me right. for all of the things I've done in the past. Yeah. And what I ended up coming to realize was it was a code of comfort on my soul. Mm -hmm. It's literally what it became. And you know, we're talking about the conscious warrior system because we're doing stuff with that and Dr. Dr. Katie Pates and be coming on and helping us out with this as well as an SME from the neurological and brain side of it. And 
for me in that moment, you know, when I started kind of going down that path, I, I really was like, oh my God, like this information of sleep, nutrition, heart health, psycho- psychological state, occupational mm-hmm. stress, it, it all came about from sitting and being creative yeah. um, in, these, in these isolation periods in a very solitude type manner, but mm-hmm. I had a bunch of companionship to support me in this. And that was the biggest thing there, which is when we go and look at the idea of the conscious warrior system, or when we go and look at just healing in general, mm-hmm. right? We do need the support structure, but we also need that isolation to help us there. And where, Absolutely. I'm, where I'm going with all of this is when I went to go do my first like healing session, or when I went to go do my first meditation session, I didn't do nothing about military. Mm-hmm. I went all the way back to when I was a kid. Right, yeah. And That's what people don't realize is it's it's often not the adulthood stuff that you're digging into. Correct. Which, again, the childhood stuff can be very Ch- scary for people to think about <sighs> going to touch and look at. hundred. And we see it every day, Yeah. right? Well, let's go ahead and talk. And it was the idea of the root cause. And what I've developed with the conscious warrior system is the idea of like accumulation of stress doesn't mm-hmm. start when you join the military right. or your profession. Yeah. It starts from the first day you were born. Right. Right. And like Eric Erickson developed the human development phases, right. And where you go through the infancy and all that good stuff. And I was like, I need to talk about this mm-hmm. because it does matter. And if you can't be okay talking about your childhood, if you did come up in a very bad childhood and trauma, cause trauma is trauma. And the way I like to look at it is like, Hey, you know what? Like no one's trauma is better than the other. Right. We all experience it differently due to the amount of stress that we can handle. And that was a big thing. And, and, and again, did I have PTSD or PTS prior to going into the military? Who knows? But I tell you what, I had TBIs yeah. from coming out of the military. Mm-hmm. And one thing I realized was that that was also <laughs> a downward spiral of yeah. everything else that you talked about. Addiction right. to drugs, addiction to alcohol. Yeah. I mean, I was using sex as a way to like feel again because mm-hmm. I was so desensitized to the environment in which I was living in. Absolutely. Um, and, and realistically, this is the first time I was really talking about psychedelics on the show because I wanted to have a conversation with someone at your level who can sit here and have a legit conversation Mm -hmm. and be like, look, I understand this research is this, but let's talk about the feeling aspect and what it does for us as a whole. And I'm not going to lie to you. I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for me taking that path. Mm -hmm. And it gets cool to sit here and be like, Oh wow, you started pioneering a lot of this stuff for the veteran community back in 2018 when it wasn't cool because mm-hmm. it's 2022 now and everyone wants to be, you know, their own shaman Everybody, or whatever yeah. else. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? <laughs> sure, and like, sure. I, I put a video out with Honeybeer Training and the veteran suicide stuff. And, yeah. and I talked about... It's a good video. It was, I've, we'll have to repost it sooner than later, but I talked about it and you said it perfect. You're like, I wanted to heal myself. And I was like, well, what I heal within me, I heal within the world. A hundred percent. I don't think people realize that. It's like, you know, the, I tell this to parents because parents are like the most important work I can do is raise good kids. And I was like, you know, even then, even as a parent, I will still say, and I stick by this, the most important work you can do is on yourself yeah. because you will be a better parent if you work on your own shit. And it, it's it's something that affects everybody around you because when you change yourself, you immediately change what's happening in your environment and your interactions with people. And not only that, if you choose to share what you've learned along the way, you can help a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, because we all learn something through that process, right? In order to grow, we have to learn something. So as we're healing ourselves and trying to overcome certain things, um, what we what works and what doesn't work it won't apply to everybody, but that is information worth sharing. Yeah. And I don't think that you have to be completely healed or I don't think that you have to be a, an expert to share. 
to, to help people because I mean, there are people who are really in it right now who just have one little thing that they need to say or share. And it's like, it resonates with so many yeah. people and that we're all here to do this as a community. Yeah. That's what, you know, like there's no one person who holds all the wisdom. It's like, Hey, learn from the people around you, take your own journey, work on yourself. And what I love about the conscious warrior system and what Softfleet's doing now and, and has done, but what also I think people are waking up to is this holistic approach yeah. to the human. And the thing I, I think I love, you know, one of the many things I love about the psychedelic journey is that the, the stress on integration yeah. and what is integration? It's taking many parts and making it whole again. Yep. Right. So this is a holistic approach to the human. Correct. And integration is basically that it's like, how do we integrate all of these aspects of health and life and performance and all of that into making this person the best version of themselves yeah. that they can be. Yeah. And that's so important. You know, I think that, uh, the other aspect of, of, of psychedelics that I think is really powerful for people, especially in the military veteran first responder communities, um, is the, not the experiential knowledge, yeah. you know, for people who are used to, um, moving through the world in a very experiential way, you can't just tell somebody something and expect them to get it. They've got to feel it. Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's really powerful to take, you know, it's, it's funny. Sometimes you'll sit in ceremony and it's like a stupid cliched statement that you say all the time, but you don't really like believe it. You're just like, oh, it's this is this is the thing, whatever. Yep. And then when you go in ceremony and then you feel it and you're like, oh, my God, you guys. And then you're like, you tell you say the cliche and people roll their eyes. You're like, no, but I've actually felt it and I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's so that's the idea. Right. And this is when I've said this on the podcast before, but. The consciousness is not, is not just a thinking awareness. It's a feeling awareness, right? And I actually put that together from watching... Uh, have you seen the show on Netflix? It's a documentary called The Octopus is My Teacher. Yes. <sighs> yes. Man, that was powerful. So I watched that show, and that night I went to go sit on a hero's journey with, with uh, psilocybin. Mm -hmm. And I went down this huge path of like becoming an octopus and learning how to like become part of my environment but not be absorbed by it wow right yeah. it was wild and i came to this idea of like becoming an f1 race car meaning that i need to take care of myself so that i can operate and race at the f1 world championships of life mm -hmm. as a whole and it was like well what does that what does that what does that mean well yeah. If I want to operate at high horsepower, I need to sleep really well. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, food also is energy. I need to look at my food from an energy standpoint, not an emotional desire standpoint that creates pleasure. And like, we can go there still. Sure, yeah. But, oh, I need to put high nutrient-dense food that makes this like ball of energy of what I am mm -hmm. and just like radiates. It's like, okay, cool, that's a thing. I was like, well, heart health. It's like, if my heart is strong right? Because the heart is the driver, the mind is the measurement. I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, well, I now can manipulate my nervous system. Mm -hmm. Meaning I just learned how to like manipulate myself and balance out my nervous system from a sympathetic to a parasympathetic state, which again, massive, yeah. right? Like I'm becoming, I'm like, oh my God, am I becoming an octopus? Like I'm learning <laughs> how to do all these things in this thought process. And then it was like, well, psychological state, I'm sitting here in ceremony right now and I'm fixing my headspace. Mm -hmm. This is big. How do we go ahead and look at like where we're at and actually acknowledge and be transparent with myself and others being like, yeah, I need to fix my headspace. Right, right. And then it was like, well, occupational stress. I know that's a big thing in people's life, no matter what your job is. And I know the conscious warrior system we push into the tactical professional, mm -hmm. but I've used this approach with individuals getting ready for treatments for breast cancer. Yeah. I've helped 
you name it. Any it's, walk of life. Before me bringing a soft lead, I'm like practicing and playing with this thing. I'm like, all right, here you go, guys. Here's this, yeah. here's this magic nugget that I believe that works this holistic program from a biopsychosocial model. Mm-hmm. And one thing I realized was like the idea of like, you know, spirituality, mm-hmm. right? Like spirituality isn't religion. It doesn't right. have to be any of that. You can have faith in yourself. But realistically, it was an introspective and being transparent with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and being and, honest. And being honest. Yeah, that was, yeah. it's hundred percent. That's hard for us to do, but it's uh, way, so necessary. Way hard for us to do. And when you do it, you're like, huh, that hurts a little bit. Sure. Wow. Yeah. Fuck. Oh, okay, cool. But at the end of the day, like you said, it's going to make you better for not just yourself, but everyone else around you. Yeah. Cause you, you can know? do something with it. Like if you don't, if you're lying to yourself and trust me, we are experts at this. Like <laughs> we really are. We're our like, own con artists. We are. We, we truly are. Cause the, the truth hurts, you know? And I it think does. that when you really take an honest look in the mirror, that information is something that you can do something with. Like sure. It's going to sting, but it now gives you the ability to make changes, right? Like yeah. if you don't know what's there, you don't know what to change yep. or that you, you want to change, you know? So I think that's definitely a big part of the journey. Yeah. And, and I think being honest with yourself is hard for people to do. I think psychedelics are a tool, right? Yep. Like they're a the, yeah. tool for getting your mind right or right. to, you know, what, how, healing, right? But there are many tools and, uh, you know, psychedelics aren't for everybody. Nope. Obviously, there are legality issues around this as well. And where I've gone and done them, they have been, you know, legal. legal. And um, that's great that some places, uh, you know, have that opportunity. Things are changing here in the States. And I'm very hopeful that that many of these substances will be legal soon, um, the next few years, at least in a clinical setting, yeah. you know. But um, so change, change is coming. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're just tools. And if people don't, it's not for you. That's okay too. Yeah. But integration applies across the board, yeah. right? It doesn't just apply to psychedelic experiences. It applies to life. So how do you integrate any experience, any big experience that you have, whether it's that first time you're honest with yourself and you have a breakthrough and you're like, holy shit, I am, I am this way and I thought I was that way and I want to be this other way. How do I deal with this yeah what is the what is the path there yeah how do you how do you make the changes it's like integration is that knowledge or wisdom that you have that you then apply to your life to make sustained changes that are going to move you in the direction you want to go yeah i i look at integration as action yeah right like that's one big thing that i realized like you know in 2020 i did this huge six month stint of like psychedelic therapy i i I, i'm not gonna lie i needed it because I was in a very bad place. And again, yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about those sure. things. Like, we're always like that. Yeah. And what I realized from that time period, because I don't, in that moment, I mean, I was sitting every week, every two weeks, remember I was sharing yeah. with you. I was like, hey, dude, I'm deep in this yeah, right now. Yeah, and I was like, man, he is going through it. Oh, yeah, you saw me. I think yeah. you saw me in the middle of it. We were getting ready to do another ceremony that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I was like three months into it. I had changed my diet. I had done a whole bunch. I was literally living that lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not sustainable. No. To be completely honest. And that's what I want to share is like, that's the big thing I learned. And now, like, you know, it's a once a year thing, you know? Yeah, but you had to go through that. I had it's to like go. It's like we were all kind of like, you know, is, how's George doing? Is he, is he doing okay? Like, what, we weren't sure where you were going to go with it. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, you had to go through all of that to heal, to learn, to grow. And you figured out on your own time and in your own way when you were ready to move on. Yeah. 
and and like I, I truly believe that there is so much wisdom that we all have in our path and knowing that for ourselves because I used to be like you know I don't know I think you know t I think less is more when with medicine or I think that this is a better approach for healing or you know I'd have opinions about this stuff and what I've learned over the years and working with all these clients is that the client like the individual knows what's best correct and they have to go through their process. And sometimes it might be in a direction that looks painful for us to watch. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it where was. We're, for where we're like, oh, I don't. That People I, were like, George is doing what? Yeah, but it's like, yeah. but you have to trust. You have to trust, trust. their yeah. themselves, you know? And it's like, sure, there's always, there, there are situations where it's appropriate to intervene. But the majority of the time, you really got to let people work it out on their own, right. you know? And, and I haven't shared a lot about, like, my childhood. And, like I said, that's another time. Sure. And I'm doing some, a project right now where I'll have a lot of that in there. Yeah. Um, the wife, the other day, when I was sharing a piece, she's like, you're doing a thing. And you're going to share this to the world. And I was like, yeah. Wow. Like, in tears. Wow. Just, like, it's been my, that's been my medicine lately is yeah. writing and what we come to find out and what i realized out of all of this was i'm actually a, i need sympathetic tension in my system yep i i, mm -hmm. I can't be this zen dude like, i didn't i, I think didn't that's to yeah that's and i acknowledged that i was like wait a minute fuck that <laughs> i'm that dude who likes to kick doors down put dudes in the in like i love this side of the things i right. like picking heavy things up i love but I also love going into the mountains for long hours i love sitting in mm -hmm. a very quiet place where i can focus on me yeah i'm like Oh, I also love my children, my wife. I want to have all these things going on. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's the real warrior's path to where you have the ability to mm -hmm. yin yang when you need to, right? Absolutely. And like when I acknowledge that, I'm not going to lie to you, my life changed tenfold. Yeah. Right? Like I was like, man, I really love this because I could feel the, temp the tension in my system now. Yeah. I was, and this is going, and I'm pretty sure everybody who's gone to combat, done mm -hmm. this thing is like you become sensitive to the environment in which you're in. Right. But when you get put into another environment that that sensitivity doesn't match, mm -hmm. you become very unbalanced. Totally. And I don't want to say desensitized because you you feel things. You sure. just learn to feel differently. And that's what happened was just like, oh, wait a minute. I don't feel like my normal self. I don't like this like Zen George. I'm still spiraling sometimes. Mm -hmm. like, I don't like it. Yeah. Oh, let me walk away from this for a little bit and let me just use it in a very healthy relationship totally that's was the big piece yeah. i had a i got to do a, a sweat lodge okay with a, a native american medicine woman i helped her get through some cancer stuff it was mm -hmm. really cool i'm really grateful to have that experience but i brought down uh, a softly buddy of mine who's done softly stuff we're really close and i was like hey man you want to come do this sweat lodge and then this weekend we're going to sit with ayahuasca you you down for it he was like yeah nice it was just me and him inside the sweat lodge wow. That's with, a pretty intense experience. And when no, we were sober. Yeah. And the, the medicine woman at that time, she was like, you guys need to learn how to have better relationships with yourself mm. and the substances and objects which you use. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's the answer. I was and like, that, you needed to hear it that way. You know, if anybody else had said it to you at any other time in any other setting, you would have been like, I don't, that's totally not true. Totally not true. Yeah. <laughs> right. So like when it comes down to you, like, okay, cool. I used to drink like crazy. I used to have this eating disorder. It was like, no, you just learned to have a better relationship with who you are, yes. who Kate is from a soul side of the house. And again, yeah. I'm, we're not getting super like hippy dippy ish because right. again, like that's, that's not the real way to live. And right. I, I will say that to everybody, right? Yeah. Like I have friends who live that lifestyle and I'm like, dude, that's cool, man. But like, you're not being who you really are. Right. Sure. And it's like, let's make some adjustments. Yeah. There and could be some avoidance still. And yeah, cor correct. Yeah. Um, hiding behind, hiding that. behind. Yeah. And that's another thing we see. Right. And this mm -hmm. is, I'm glad we're talking about this is because 
you can also hide behind psychedelics. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can use them in the same way that people use alcohol. And I've seen that e even in the veteran community where people are using them in ways to, like any little moment of discomfort, they're like, oh, something's wrong. I need to do more microdosing or I need to take more of this. And I'm like, well, sometimes things feel shitty. Yeah. And that's okay. Guess what? You, you can fucking feel. You can feel. And there's probably some information there. Maybe yeah. not, but there could be. And maybe you learn something yeah. and then that's why you feel a little bit off. And yeah. it's we're supposed to feel all of the ups and downs and everything in between. And you're never going to stay in one place forever. Like yeah. it, it changes, right? Yep. So I think that you can still... Or, you know, the other the other side of this is like the spiritual materialism thing where people feel like they're trying to get more insights constantly to be like better yeah. than everybody else or to have more wisdom and to be like the most in, enlightened person. And it's like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all still human, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, so like that was a, that's a really good point too again, right? Because this also happened to me. You know, I, I stepped away from it for about five months. Mm -hmm. Literally, I had to sit... Um, on September 11th of 2020. Okay. It was one of the hardest sits I've done with ayahuasca in ceremony that was, I, I'm going to share this. Yeah. It was, I watched all of my buddies that I knew who killed themselves play in my head as if I was sitting in a movie theater. Oh. And then I watched all of my suicide attempts follow through and what my life would look like if I was not here. Wow. I literally was like, I, I didn't sit the next night. Yeah. I was like, I got like, I get goosebumps talking about it. Like, I was like, that's intense. I leaned over to my buddy who was with me, Michael. And I was like, bro, I was like, why is everyone so fucking happy afterwards? I was so angry mm -hmm. at myself, mm -hmm. at the world, at everyone. After he was like, your journey. That yeah. Night? We had just yeah. came out. We we're yeah. still sitting there. They were doing the potluck and stuff. Yeah. And he was like, I was like, why is everyone so fucking happy, dude? Right. Like, fuck this. And he yeah. was like, cause they choose to be bro. And I was like, Oh my <laughs> God. It's a choice. Yeah. It's a choice to like be sad, to be happy, right. to feel, to be, to have experiences. And where I was going with this is this idea of we tend to cling onto experiences mm. that make it last forever. That make it last forever when it's like, no, as human beings, we're meant to collect and accumulate as many experiences as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, huh. That next day, I was not. I like they invited me back. Like, do you come sit? Like, it's gonna be a good one. Like, music to me. I'm like. I'm going to go integrate with my friends and my family. That's awesome. That was really and, insightful. And, and where I'm going with the story now is like, I didn't come back to it until the following year. And I had a, another athlete that I worked with yeah. was having some issues. And I was like, Hey, come on down. Like, we'll go through this together. Mm -hmm. I sat in a meditation session on my own. I was like, Hey, is this a healthy thing to do? And it was like, yeah, it's, you can go do it. I had one of the most enjoyable experiences of my life six <laughs> months later. And the download that I got with it or the processing that I got was mm -hmm. that, you learn to be more efficient in the real world. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going back to is that like, Hey, like understand that like when you do these, 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 these experiences and these ceremonies, like that's just one experience yep. and you have to experience the real world because yes. reality is completely different. Yes. That's it. It's, and that is the key to integration. It's taking what you learn through that journey with psychedelics or in that, in that ceremony and then applying that to your day to day. It's not retreating back to do ceremony after ceremony and trying to gain those insights again. It's taking what you've learned and putting it together in your real life. Yep. And that's huge. It's, and that, that is the key. I mean, you could do it once in your entire life and get so much information to work with for the rest of your life that you never need to go back and do another ceremony. Yeah. I mean, that happens all the time with people, Correct. you know, and 
um, like what you learned is like, cause I had a very similar experience in my journeys where it was like, I saw how I was clinging to my sadness and my depression and my pain. And I was like, I'm the one choosing to hold on to this. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Why am I doing this yeah. to myself? Yeah. And it was just like, Oh, like I don't have to hold this anymore. I can, yeah. I can choose to let that go. Yeah. And that's very transformative. I mean, it's like life changing. One word. It's a choice or two words. It's a choice. Right. Yeah. And that was the big thing. Right. It was like you again, we're talking in the same level here. You've had your experiences. I've had mine. But we come back and we're like, here are the things that are going on. And this is how we've acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. And I I tell this all the time. Like the wife will throw it at me. She's like, you're not healed all the way. It's like, I never said I was. I don't know that we ever will be completely ever healed in this lifetime. I think it's a journey. Correct. But guess what, though? I know not to redrink my purge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is a brilliant way to put it. I right? love like, that. I, I tell I her all the time, it's like, you're right, but I've also recognized that yeah. I'm not re-drinking my own purge, meaning I yeah. now notice patterns that could lead me back to that. Right. I don't want that. My yeah, water. you have new work. You, Correct. You, you're like, I'm working on these other things now. I've, I've worked on those things, and now I'm working on these other things. Correct. Yeah. And where it's like, That's hey, brilliant. I have this cup here, right, and it's full of water. It's no longer red or black or blue. It's now clear mm-hmm. and if i follow down these paths or these patterns that i recognize yeah what's going to happen to my cup of water again mm-hmm. it's going to go ahead and repurge it and, and create this uh, contamination where it's not good for my system right and i'm not gonna lie to you like i've big into magic now i believe magic i believe that when we say things it's going to happen i'm a and again it's not because of the psychedelic world yeah it's because of my creative Just writing experience. world and my experiences and like listening to other people share stories and you're like whoa mm-hmm. and that's really what i feel like when i go sit in ceremony or these meditation sessions is like it's just a big story mm-hmm. for me in that moment that i get to be a part of right. or like i said that one on september 11 2020 where i sat in a movie literally it was a movie theater i remember like sitting there and i'm like leaning back and i'm like in this movie theater and i have this white screen and projector just playing this movie back and forth wow stomach was in knots and yeah. Yeah. it was but again at the end of the day i was like huh i'm i'm the I'm everything in this life, yeah. right? I'm the the director, I'm the viewer, I'm the actor, I'm the all writer. of these things. The writer, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I'm all it's of these things. Story. Story. What, do you, what do you want to create? Correct. And it was like, yeah. and that's, I think, and when I finally came back to it six months later, I was like, oh my God, I've taken my hands from being destructive and now I've turned them into being creative. That's beautiful. And that's the truth, right? Like, how many guys do we know and females who have done destructive things with their hands? Mm -hmm. Because that's what they were taught to do in an environment that they needed to survive. Right. Well, we're not taught how to survive when we come back to an environment as such, like, we'll call it America or Mm -hmm. not down the line or not in our job or however you want to look at it. I was like, oh man, I was like, we need to teach individuals how to be creative with their hands. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love seeing veterans with a camera in their hand, oh, writing, even so cool. just anything yeah. like that, right? Because again, you are now being authentic and genuine to yourself yep. that allows for you to to grow and to look at these lessons that you've experienced and mm-hmm. be like, wow, I feel so much better. Totally. The th- and the things that the veteran community is doing in general like with their creativity is so cool to see i mean it's just like so many different forms of art and expression and entrepreneurship and just people are getting after it in so many cool ways and it's 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 honestly it's really awesome to see it's wild so like that and, and that leads us into this next piece of like you know what have you found is the most like smallest worthwhile change for you to like impact the individuals that you work with 
outside of the plant medicine, outside yeah. of all of that, what is it that you're doing to improve them in that smallest worthwhile change? You know, it's, I mean, it's something that I try to stress all the time is, uh, you know, the, the, how tightly intertwined the physical and mental health components are okay is that like most people think of them as completely separate or it's like i'm taking you know such good care of myself physically but the mental is total dog shit or vice versa and it's getting people to see and the spiritual too right i mean some people don't like to go there and that's totally cool if that's not their jam and that you know spiritual is something that just they're uncomfortable with but you know they're all tightly intertwined and you, you have to take a holistic approach to um to your wellness and to your, to your performance. Yeah. Really you do. And there's so many different tools that you can use along the way. There's not like everybody's looking for the silver bullet. You know, everybody's looking for like, I need the, the one thing that's going to make me yeah. the best at this, whatever that is, or, yeah. or make me achieve all of my goals. And I think we've been conditioned to want to hit the easy button because we just didn't grow up with a, an approach to holistic wellness. Yeah. Like we really didn't. And we're, we're learning that as adults because we've hit rock bottom or we've gone through, you know, the ringer in multiple ways and we've found out what doesn't work and that we're not moving in a good direction. So we're like, okay, something has to change, but we weren't taught all that. So we're relearning it as adults. But when we go through that process, a lot of people are like, well, what is it? What is the one thing I need to be doing? And it's like, well, what I always tell people is like, look, you there, there's a whole laundry list of things that you can be doing. And let's talk about all of those things that we know of today, whether it's based off of uh, scientific literature that's been published or my experience or other people's experience that I've stories heard of, that have been stories, shared. anecdotes. It's yeah. so powerful. Let's create a list of all the tools that we can use to address like sleep, for example, yeah. or gut health or, um, uh, per, you know, athletic performance or what, what, you know, all of these things play into each yeah. other, but it's like, let's create that list of tools and let's talk through all of that. Even nervous system regulation. Yeah. Like some people, I had a client that, um, did not want to do yoga. I mentioned yoga to, um, this particular <laughs> client who was very religious. And, uh, for him, it was like, you know, I'm, I'm very religious, and what I know about yoga is that it is maybe based in, in Buddhism or Hinduism. I'm not sure. You know, he was kind of like unsure, not, of himself, unsure yeah. and I don't want to get indoctrinated with some other religion. And I was like, you know, I, I would like to take this moment to explain a little bit about what yoga is, but also respect your yeah. choice because it's not for you. So let's take yoga off the table, and maybe let's talk about, like, is breath work okay? Is meditation okay? Can we go there? So, like, you know, the easiest way to regulate your nervous system is through breathing, right? Yep. So I was explaining the neuroscience behind breathing to this particular client. And it was, it was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I really want to do that. So again, all of the tools, right? You have all this huge list and you go through it and you say, okay, which ones resonate with you and which ones can you reliably implement on a regular basis? Start small. If all you can do to begin with is a five minute breath practice every day, and that's the only thing you're going to touch, just do it, but don't break your promise to yourself. So set goals that are maybe a little challenging at first, but like attainable, not the moonshot of like, I'm going to run six miles every morning and I'm going to go to bed every night by nine and I'm going to eat this, you know, clean and I'm going to do all these things because like, it's really hard to like, maybe you'll get there, right? Like that would be ideal if we could all get there. But for now, for many people, in various walks of life. Like I think that the easiest way to um, make those sustainable changes that are moving somebody in the right direction is 
to create that list and to pick a few things that you know you can absolutely move towards. I love that. That's that's the that's been the biggest piece of this conscious warrior system. Yeah, is finding the most I wouldn't say easiest things, but the most simplest task that an individual can implement into their daily activities. Mm -hmm. Again, we're not trying to take activities away. We're not trying to do anything. What we're trying to do is find that smallest worthwhile change that's going to create, again, a a drop in the nervous system that allows for you to recover a little bit or maybe an upregulation to prepare you for whatever's going on coming up for you. Absolutely, yeah. And another, again, we have all the research and literature behind everything, right? We got that. Let's talk about the anecdotal experiences because that's what ties the two together, and, and that's something I used to have all the anecdotal experience in the back and I used to get made fun of. It was like, well, where's all the research and literature? And I'm like, it's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, here, told you guys. Yeah. Um, but the idea of these smallest worthwhile changes like breath work, we know that mm-hmm. it can manipulate the nervous system without a doubt. Yeah. But we also know that individuals who are very sympathetic, if you give them a specific type of breath work, what does it do to them? It just continues sending them upwards mm-hmm. to where it's like all of a sudden we teach them how to downregulate their nervous system. Now they're like, I don't like the way I feel. I don't know how to react to this. I don't know right. how to roll. I don't know how to like do mm-hmm. anything. I need to be at this level for my job. Yep. Well, it's like, cool. Well, guess what? You now have a new tool in your toolbox to where you can downregulate and upregulate. Right. Both are important, especially for folks who are, you know, trying to stay on point for some particular task that they have to do or a job that they have to do. But the other thing too, is like when you try to move into a parasympathetic state for people who have actually experienced trauma, it can be really scary and unsettling and maybe not the best place to go without support. So that's something else that people have experienced because they're not comfortable in their body or they're, you know, they're dealing with, uh, like when you're in that parasympathetic state, those, those trauma memories can come back and, you know, they can be something that's really challenging for a person to deal with if they don't have uh, any tools yeah. for, for regulating that. And so, like, this idea of being able to move from one state to the other at will using your breath is really powerful. Yeah. So, yeah. That's interesting. Well, I, you've talked about it lately since we started the show, this gut microbiome yeah. and the changes in it. And I've been a big fan of the the, the gut and the, I guess you say the digestive nervous system or however you want yeah, to call it. Yeah, the enteric nervous system. The enteric nervous system, yeah, system. yeah right? <laughs> get nerdy. Um, let's get nerdy with it. But I've been really interested in that because I do blood work. So when I started jumping into this, this psychedelic aspect, I, had, I was like, I'm going to get blood work done. Mm-hmm. And the blood work's going to be able to show like what's going on. Yeah. And at that time and moment, like my numbers were good, but my testosterone was really low. Mm-hmm. Um, started doing this process. I started changing the way I ate. Um, did some more blood work. My testosterone levels hadn't changed much blood work hadn't changed. I was like, all right, cool. So I started integrating and I started throwing in new ways of eating, started kind of being aware of like the food that I was putting in. And all of a sudden, a year later, my nervous system's up by 200 points. I'm not my nervous system, my testosterone Testosterone, levels. Sorry guys. I was like, how do you measure your nervous system? No, 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 (laughs) no. My testosterone levels were up by, up by 200 points. Okay. And I wasn't on test. I wasn't anything. I had literally started training with strength training again I started sleeping but I started implementing all the conscious warrior system stuff Mm -hmm. but it came down to my nutrition yeah I was like oh my system so important yeah it doesn't do well and then we start talking with other individuals and sharing this idea of like hey look at food as like energy yeah and and medicine and medicine right like that's a great point yeah that's what people don't get it it does because the so what what's going on a lot of times that people so that (laughs) the 
uh, gastrointestinal system used to be like the non-sexy medical topic. Like when people were talking about like, oh, organ systems, like cardiovascular is like cool to study or like the lungs are cool to study. Nobody wanted to study the, the digestive system because it wasn't cool. And now we know all this stuff about it and everybody's like, that's the key to everything. Yeah. But it's true. So what can happen over time is in states of chronic stress, which many people who are in you know this community are constantly stressed, in states of chronic stress, you have baseline inflammation. Okay. And that can happen a number of different ways, but ultimately all the research and literature points towards people who are in states of chronic stress have a systemic inflammatory state. And when I say systemic, that includes the gut and that includes the brain. And when you have inflammation, and sometimes it's they're sort of causing it, and sometimes it's like a byproduct, and it's it's unclear how it's all interrelated, but we just we know that this yeah. is true. So what can happen is that certain foods for certain people can cause some inflammation in the gut, you know, through um, obviously like we talk about IBS and, and things like that. That can happen through through diet alone. Um, if you control your diet in a way that promotes a healthy gut microbiome. The gut microbiome is really at the root of the inflammation in the gut or the anti-inflammation in the gut. And if you're addressing your diet in a way that's promoting a healthy gut microbiome, you can, you can create a colony of bacteria that are promoting and, and releasing anti-inflammatory molecules that combat the inflammation caused by chronic stress. Chronic stress screws up your endocrine function. Yeah. So chronic stress in a lot of ways looks like traumatic brain injury when you look at what's happening to your neuroendocrine system. So chronic stress can, can wreak havoc on your endocrine system to, to the point of having low testosterone, yeah. for example. And so for people who are like, well, I've never had any TBIs. I don't know that I need to get my test checked. <laughs> like, yes, if you have a chronic li lifestyle of chronic stress, you, sh you absolutely should. And all of your other hormones do a, a complete panel. But the one thing that I think you experienced was just by adjusting the diet and probably I would assume promoting a really healthy, um, colony of, of bacteria, you were able to address the inflammation that you had in your body in a way that sort of took the uh, pressure off your neuroendocrine system and allowed your testosterone to come back. And that's yep. something where people are like, you know, they, it, it, you know, they, they're just like, oh, it's just calories. That's all I need. And I'm like, no, it, what you <laughs> eat matters. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm in this program right now for functional medicine training uh, through the Institute for Functional Medicine. Nice. And functional medicine like stresses diet above everything. Everything. Yeah. I mean, that is the key to combat disease and yep. inflammation. And at the heart of every disease is inflammation. So how do we do that? We do that through food. And we do that through understanding our bodies. Yeah. So it's cool. It's, but it's fascinating to me because like you're experiencing something that is absolutely um, known and justified in the scientific literature, but you just did it through your own experience yeah. and you're like, huh, I feel better. Yeah. Well, it was funny. It was like I went from when I started that whole journey and that whole time period, that whole phase that I went through, I was weighing 197. By the end of the six months, I was 178. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. And, and you weren't even trying to lose no, weight. No, I just was eating, training. Yeah. I was in the mountains all the time. I was living my life. Yeah. But I dropped down to 178, and I was like, cool. This is not where I want to be at weight-wise. Mm -hmm. But I also was done with all of the craziness that I was going through. Mm -hmm. I was like, cool, let's reintegrate. Yeah. And now I sit at a 190, 192. Yeah. I'm not the super leanest dude, but can I get there 100%? Yeah. But what's funny is that the, the, the inflammation in my gut 
took away the inflammation in my brain. Yeah. And that was the biggest piece that I noticed. So right. now I'm really sensitive to symptoms of t- my TBI. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had multiple, I had a fucking 50 cow go off on the side of my head, right? I had yeah, a fucking that's... sasser rifle go off by the side with no ear pro on. I've right. had bombs go off next to me fucking three, 400 meters away, you know, shit like that. Like, yeah. You've had your fair I've share. had my share yeah. of them and I know what it feels like. Yeah. And what I realized was like, oh my God, I can think clearly. Mm-hmm. I can speak properly. My, my dyslexia is not so highlighted anymore. Yeah. I and, th- and that absolutely is related to inflammation because what happens following TBI is massive inflammation in your head. And actually there's a, a relationship between your brain and your gut mm-hmm. and the inflammation in your, in your um, brain following a TBI has been linked to IBS and inflammatory diseases of the bowel because of this communication loop between the brain and the gut. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It's so wild. But it's true when you have inflammation in the brain, and this has been validated in research um, studies in, in animals, so you know, take this with a grain of salt, but w- in the animal studies, promoting inf- inflammation in, neurologically creates states of depression and anxiety. And if you reverse it or take that away and and treat the animals with anti-inflammatories or adjust their gut microbiome in a way that's anti-inflammatory, the mental, you know, the quote unquote mental health effects dissipate and these animals look healthier and happier. Yeah. So inflammation, I'm telling you, is at the key of everything. And diet is so important and anything else you can do to mitigate that inflammation, like sleeping Mm -hmm. appropriately managing your stress, right? Being resilient, yeah. all of these things that we talk about with the Conscious yeah. Warrior program. Yeah, it's it's cool. It, you know, you can also see people, it's, it's this whole idea, like you see someone and you're like, man, he's under a lot of stress and all of a sudden six months later he did something drastic, changed yeah. his diet and all of a sudden you're like, dude, you don't look like the person you were six months ago. Right. How many people have I met that way? Multiple people. I've yeah. seen that happen and then all of a sudden, you know, wow, you look good, man. Yeah. Right? You're like, Thanks, dude. I feel good. Yeah. Thanks for noticing that. Yeah. Compared to like just having the bags in your eyes yeah. and just Brutal. like, just like, oh. Right. You're like, oh, inflammation of the gut and the brain is noticeable. Mm-hmm. If you can fucking notice it. Yeah. Right. If you can, if you can believe that your brain carries inflammation, your gut carries it, it's going to show from the physical side of the house. Mm-hmm. And that's been the biggest thing for me. It was like, even with my kids too now, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, let's feed them a really good, healthy diet. Let's make sure that they're eating this way mm-hmm. so that they're healthy and that they don't have these issues, right? Like my, my toddler, my two and a half year old, we give her, sh- if she gets sugar, mm-hmm. game changer. She's just, wah, oh, going totally. crazy. That's how I feel. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I start to get. But most people who have sugar nowadays don't have that reaction. Yeah. Why? Because they're so immune to sugar. Yeah, they almost have an opposite reaction. They it's just like boom. Slump. They could go to sleep. Correct. Yeah. So like what I ended up learning out of all this was metabolic flexibility. Mm-hmm. Right? And let's, you know, I've talked about this through the nutrition piece. But when I look at metabolic flexibility, it's what allows for us to go ahead and utilize the gut microbiome and the bacteria to go ahead and break down the healthier foods that mm-hmm. we need. And what I looked at that was like, well, okay, cool. If I eat a pizza from Little Caesars, it's going to take a little bit more time for my gut to break that down, mm-hmm. meaning I'm wasting more energy on, on that, taking away from other areas. Right. But if I have steak with some sweet potatoes, a little bit of veggies, an avocado maybe, mm-hmm. and some, some berries, right, my body's going to f- 
yeah. crush it. And all of a sudden I have energy to do other things. Right. You know, like we went to dinner yesterday and I got home and afterwards I was like, man, I'm so tired. I know. I was like, it's that Shirley oh. Temple. it was a hundred percent. That's literally what it felt like. I was yeah. like, you know, we decided to go to dinner last night as a, as a team. And the joke we had was order a Shirley Temple. And then by the time we knew it, by the time dinner was over, all of us had a Shirley Temple. <laughs> And, and like, I don't eat much sugar. No, none of us do. And that was the funny thing is we're all like sipping this drink that we would normally never order, but it was kind of funny. I don't think anybody finished it. No, I, I think I had like a quarter left, <laughs> yeah. but like I got home and I was like, why am I exhausted? Totally. Same. I was like, man, I feel lethargic. And I was like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I had some fries. I had this little thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I also had a Shirley Temple. That's why. Yeah. But in the past, I've never connected any of those things. Right. 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 And yeah. Then, you just kind of like, yeah, it's that conscious awareness of what what your behaviors are doing yes. and your choices are doing and ma- how they're making you feel. Correct. Cause like, you're right. A lot of us just go through, uh, life and whatever our new baseline is, um, from the things that we do, it's just like, this is my new normal. Like I have friends who are still very much like, you know, stuck in, in alcoholic mode and they're, you know, like I, I, that's just where they are. They've, they're not ready to give that up. Yeah but their new normal is feeling kind of shitty all the time. Mm-hmm. And they don't even know what healthy or good feels like yeah. anymore because it's been so long of yep. that. And you, you know, your, your heart goes out to them because you're like, man, you just don't even know, yeah. you know, but that that's where they're at. Same thing for people who eat sugar all the time or fried food all the time, or you never work out all the, you know, like they never move. They have a state that isn't optimal. And that feeling that they have is, probably not not awesome yeah. but they don't even realize it it's yeah. just like the new normal yeah and again it just comes down to sensitivity right sensitivity, like yep. just learning how to feel in the environment that you live in mm-hmm. right and that's been the biggest piece for me is like you know same thing from family life you yeah, know it's like hey totally. if my environment here isn't conducive to what i need to do outside of here well, i need to fix myself yeah right not put on anyone else but i need to fix myself how do i do so right and right. then it's like well if my outside environment is affecting my personal environment I need to fix my professional environment vice versa again it's just learning how to develop relationships with everything around you Mm -hmm. um one of my favorite philosophers and he's of the time now Ken Welber have you heard of him before no so I've talked about it before in the show but Ken Welber is like the the consciousness of time right now like the dude's a ninja (laughs) and the way he explained love was like you know love is one of the most beautiful and the most painful things you can have in this life Mm -hmm. he's like because we attach to objects yeah and he was like, and what happens with love is when you love something, he's like, an object's always going to go away, mm-hmm. no matter what. Right. And he was like, when that object gets taken away from you, it's the most painful thing ever. And I'm like, man, that is not fucking a lie at all. Like, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you can love super hard, but guess what that pain's going to feel like when that object goes away? Exactly. Yep. And I was like, huh. I was like, well, if I can love myself that hard, because I'm con- I'm an object, right? Like, yeah. I'm an ex- I'm an organism. Like, mm-hmm. if I can love myself that hard, what does it do for me when I go ahead and love everyone else around me? Mm-hmm. Does it show them something special? Mm-hmm. And that's something I've been trying to do now for everyone around me that is really close to my circle, right? Like, you have those little tiny yeah. things, and yeah. it's just like, all right, well, I got to love myself more so that I can love you more, totally, and respect the fact that like this is gonna go away, yeah, and I can prepare for it. Yeah, and ch- and choose to love anyway. Yes. That's the thing. People are so afraid of it because they're afraid of the pain, but that's the point of living. We're supposed to feel all the stuff. Yeah. You know, it's and sometimes it's going to suck. Oh, but fucking. That's, it's worth it, though, to me. It's like 
it's always worth it to have to have that experience. Yeah, I I when was it about a month ago? I ended up I ended up falling into like a weird headspace. Sure. Um, and it was it was just kind of me falling into a lull. I think I was getting ready to get sick. Mm. I was uh, had caught the Wahoo virus, <laughs> um, all those other things, and I was just in a really bad headspace. And I share with the wife, I was like, nothing against you, babe. I'm just gonna like kind of turn go internal while yeah. I'm around the house. That's awesome that you mentioned it. So it's like, straight not, up. she's not like, what did I do? Yeah, no, straight up. And like, I was like, man, I need something. So I turned to music and I was like, okay, cool. That didn't work. Yeah. I went to go do a 60 minute swim, crushed myself in the pool. I came back and I wrote and I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel better. Mm-hmm. But then it finally came to this point because I was angry. The, I was angry at the way I felt and I was upset yeah. the way I felt. And I was like, well, one thing I've learned in, in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, stuff that I've had to practice my own yeah. was learn to change the way you think. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I started, CBT. oh, so good. And, yeah. and we have to do another show on this too down the road. But yeah. I, uh, I started writing this piece and, and I haven't touched it since I wrote in it. Like it's, I just generate, it's probably, it needs to be edited a couple of times, but the last sentence I wrote on it, I was like, I'm at the point now that I want to sh- shove happiness down suffering's fucking throat. <laughs> I love that. Because I should be happy that I can suffer, yeah. that I can feel that I can be in pain and I can recognize all of those things. Yep. And that right there was like a switch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, I can feel. <laughs> yeah. I can, I'm a lot, I'm a real boy. I'm a real boy. You <laughs> that's know? exactly where my yeah, brain went. That's really, I was yeah. like, I'm a real boy. You know, I was like, oh my goodness, this is so awesome. Wow. And yeah, like, it, it was, cool. it, again, right? It was like, okay, cool, let's change this. Right. Again, like I talk about, I believe in magic, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm reading a book right now, and I, it's called uh, The Marriage of Opposites by Alison Hoffman. Okay. And it takes place back in like the 1800s. And if you ever know about the 1800s, they were very big in like magic and the way you use words and the way you like desire things. It can create sicknesses. It can Mm -hmm. make you better. And I was like, oh, my God, is it the way that I think and feel creating the life around me? Mm -hmm. And I was like and I started reading this book. I'm not done with it. It's a fucking amazing book. It's like 500 pages long. But (laughs) I was like, man, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm creating this thought process in my head and it's making my world this way. Right. I was like, I need to stop doing that. I carry my own magic. Absolutely. Perspective is everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, if I desire something that I know I can't have, what is it going to do to me? Totally. It's going to fucking eat me up inside. Yeah, it's pointless. Kill me. Yeah, it's pointless. So it's like, well, maybe I should be careful on the things that I desire. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man. And again, I'm not taking drugs to do this. I'm not sitting down with this medicine or nothing. This is me just like... Being introspective and thoughtful and conscious and yeah. All of the things yeah. and being like, and applying other tools mm-hmm. to think this way. Yeah. And I had the saying, it's a lens. Remember the video, remember the little tiny game you put over your eyes and you put different, uh, yeah. yes. forgot the name of it, but that's the way it is. Yep. We should be able to click through them. Mm-hmm. We should be able to click and change. And not attach to any of the, you know, don't attach to, to, or have attachment to any feeling, you know, and, and what you're experiencing. It's like, this is what, this is what I'm experiencing right yeah. now. Let me just revel in it. Cause it's going to change. Yep. You know, it's like, it's the same thing. Like anger is a big one for people. They're like, oh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't feel anger or anger is a bad emotion. And I'm like, anger is the most powerful emotion. I mean, besides love, right? But like anger is a powerful emotion and it's a powerful thing to feel. And sure, it can be used for, for negative things or destruction or whatever, but it can be used for good. And how incredible that you get to feel something flow through you that is that intense. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have to do anything with it, but, and you can, and you can do something with it that's, you know, productive instead of destructive. Yeah. But like, 
that to me, it's like people like feel ashamed of their anger. And I'm like, that's a gift, <laughs> you know, yeah. to, to quote rage, right? Like yeah. anger is a gift. gift. It is. And it's the same thing with all the emotions and all the feelings that you have. Like, don't, you know, don't cling to them. Don't attach to them. Don't deny them either. It's like, we're, we're human beings. Yeah. We experience all of the things and you can notice it like you have and been like, man, I'm alive. I'm not numb to this anymore. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can go down so many paths and I, I'm excited that you're going to be coming around more because we yeah, need to continue having these conversations. So many. I'm yep. excited to get the show out. I'm going to upload it now and get it up there. But Sweet. for the listeners, um, I, you know me, I like to just kind of throw things out there. But what do you have for the listeners like to take away from all of this, you know, as we kind of end it? Man, I would say um, like wherever you at, wherever you at, wherever you're at right now is is exactly where you're supposed to be. And, um, and think about like, think about where you want to be and take an honest look in the mirror. Like the first thing I always tell people that I work with is like, you got to start being honest with yourself. Who are you today? And who do you want to be? Is it, is it, you know, the person that you want to be is that the person that's looking back at you in the mirror, like have that honest conversation with yourself and start there. And then, you know, kind of which direction to go in. I love it. Um, and, and there are many people out there and many tools out there to help yeah. you. We're and not it, supposed to do this all alone. I mean, we have 100%. our solo journey, you know, for sure. But, you know, it's a collective, too. Yeah. yeah no. And, and, you know, one thing I want to add to top of that, and I'm reading, I, was, I like to read this book about, um, it, I have three daughters, plus, you know, I got four women in my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm very, very big into like trying to understand the woman's psyche and I know I will never be able to but I like to like still read books about females and the way their brain works and there's a book I'm reading right now it's like all women run with the wolves okay um, yeah I, I've read that have you seen it's like a thick yes it's like I a black book. book I love it yeah so remember the battle scars yep so there she talks about the cult that mm-hmm. are the the the, the how, what it's like a cloak or however you want to think about it and to sew all of your experiences from trauma into it yeah and wear it as a piece of armor Mm -hmm. as a way to be proud of these battle scars that you carry because a lot of people are not yeah and like when I read that I took that for myself and I was like yeah here we go bro look at my like and again it's not better than yours or anybody else's no but it's like own it you're owning it right and like and it ended up creating this idea of self-endorsements yes fucking self-endorse yourself in the most healthiest way possible. Yeah, be your own hype man. Be your own hype man, yeah. right? Like literally it's what it is, like self-endorse yourself, but also be very humble about it. Yeah. And that's something I've learned too. It's like, you know, I'm around some really dangerous people. Mm-hmm. I'm also a dangerous person, but I don't sit there and share it with everyone all the time. Or like, right. yeah, I might talk about it a little bit here yeah. and there, but same thing, you, you're you a very smart, dangerous individual yourself, but again, you're not utilizing it to self-endorse yourself. Yeah, you don't lead with that. <laughs> no, no, not at all. So, do like, you know who I am? Do you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, hey, like, let your actions speak louder than your words. For sure, always. And that comes from a band called Torchio Mara, if you want to check them out. <laughs> They're a hardcore band. Nice. But it's like, you know, actions can be the most deafening noise if you want them to be. Yeah, and keep that internal dialogue, the one that's like, like, again, you know, we live in the world of social media. You don't have to tell everybody who you are. And you don't have to show everybody every little thing in your life, man. Like, there's so much that, like, it should just be for us or our close friends and family. That's like, you use that as your internal hype man. You know, your internal hype yep. gal, whatever. And your fuel to keep you going. And that's special that you have that. Like, use it. 
but don't feel like you, you know, you're obligated to, to share Cheerio. that with everybody else. That's yeah. like you said, it's like your actions will speak for themselves. Correct. For sure. And that's, that's something that I've always been taught, right? Is like, Hey, let your actions speak for yourself. I don't think I ever was, I had the tools to do so. Yeah. It's taken me a very long time to get there and I'm still learning it to this day. Mm-hmm. But when you do have the tools to, to showcase those actions, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And it, it's going to warm your heart. It's going to make you feel good. It's going to move you forward in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Katie Pate, because that's how I know her. By, I know. Yeah. Right? You guys have known me a while. And yeah. like and my, I re- my family and close friends are, I'm, I will probably always be Katie. Katie, right. But yeah. at the end of the day, it's my respect to you and the amount of work that you've put in. Thank and you. I hope one day we can sit here on a podcast and we both can be doctors. Hell yeah, man. I love it. I endorse I, this. I, I, I've talked about it. And that's the reason I'm a big believer in like sharing some small things like that. Yeah, and like, cool. It doesn't have to be in the next five years it could be in the next 10 years anytime yeah but before i go into that ground for and at the end of their life mm-hmm. i will have that's my goal is to have a phd behind my name that's beautiful so i love it support you, know, you man thanks you know but at the <laughs> end of the day kate i love you thank you Likewise. so much for for coming onto the show today i'm looking forward to the work that we're going to be doing together Absolutely. and we're going to get more shows like this uh, and i appreciate you opening up and talking about the psychedelic aspects plant medicine, their neurological side of the house, and sharing such great information in terms of the gut microbiome to really have people understand what nutrition can do for us. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people don't talk about it much or they're trying to, but guys, I mean, listening to Dr. Katie Pate talk about this stuff, like why wouldn't you not run with it? Yeah. Um, Yeah, we can do more on that in the future. There's a lot more to dive into. Definitely. So if anybody needs to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Um, They can probably find, I mean, they can find me on LinkedIn, Kate Pate. uh, I'm, uh, I'm Doc Pate with a period between Doc and Pate on Instagram. And you can email me, kate at docpate.com. Hell yeah. <laughs> awesome. If you guys need, have any questions for me or need to reach out, george at softly.com. If you have any questions for Matt, reach out to him, matt at softly.com as well. Till next time, guys, thank you for your time.